Hello, my name is John Russos, and this is a toast to my naivety. It's all brought to you by the Here's My Thing podcast. This is episode three of 10, The Timberland Excuse. Enjoy. I've decided to let whatever facial hair I have, I'm going I'm to let it grow out just a little bit. I need something on my jaw to scratch when I pull my head back from the computer screen because I don't think I'll be able to write a book with a clean face, if that makes any sense. If, if I'm actually going to do this, I'm going to need deep bags under my eyes and my hair will have to be a couple days overdue from a wash. I need to look like I spend my nights considering things. It is so deep in thought that I don't notice the button on my boxers being undone in my shirt, a league above my belly button, almost in another world of thought, only anchored to earth by the sound of my fans swirling and swirling and swirling. It's then, it's only then that I will be at my most powerful. I also think that maybe my, my productivity might tick up a bit more when the weather turns sour. I've, I've thought about that. Things have gotten better since my time at this coffee, S-H-O-P-P-E. But I still, I haven't fallen into that writing frenzy that people talk about. The ones where fingers purr onto keyboards, where they figuratively vomit onto a Word doc for hours on end, typing so fast that they induce an early onslaught of carpal tunnel. When things are cloudy and rainy and, and people dust off Timberlands, that's... That's maybe when I'll see real, actual results. I don't know. I'm also a bit curious. I've been thinking about the potential creative benefits in smoking self-rolled cigarettes. So, I don't know. I've made it a habit to reward myself by pit-stopping at the plaid pantry. It's either a treat for if I feel accomplished with whatever I wrote or just for making the 20 minute walk to and fro cafe and back. I, um, I stop almost every day, the plaid pantry, they happen to sell these. I think they're cinnamon candies. They're very similar to the hot tamales. I have so much trouble saying no to them. They're spicy. They're sweet. They guarantee you one cavity per chew. I, I so enjoy them. And I, and I think it makes them a lot easier to eat. When I consider that my dentist is down at city center in a high rise with a nice view of the city and the receptionist there is an older lady who calls me sweetheart and I'm still on my mom's health insurance plan. So it, I, I, I like going there, but still these candies, they're off brand and, and from the cloudy, transparent plastic that they come in, I can't imagine they've been approved by the FDA. I'm quicker to think that there's something produced to cover up for illegal activity, something to take up space on spreadsheets, something to help launder money or fill in the cracks in a convoluted backstory because I have no idea who actually buys them besides me. And they're almost always open too. I'll do the squeeze check just to see if the bag is sealed, hoping I might catch resistance like you would with a bag of Doritos or cheddar ruffles, but they never give any resistance. They more submit immediately, dragging out a tired wisp of stale air as they do. I tell myself that if I freeze them, I'll be safe. I stopped at the plaid pantry today. I picked up some strawberry flavored bubbly water and those candies then hopped in line. I'd chosen an inconvenient time to come to this convenient store. The line was six people deep, which I think even in parody isn't a good sign. There's little humor there. It strikes against the moral code of these tiny LED-lighted structures. It was a Friday, and similar to warthogs mobbing a watering hole, people were now here 
It's a heavy up on their selection of vices, the beers, the malt liquors, the nicotine gums, the, the pills that ensure longer lasting erections, people in industrial rompers with grease on their uniforms and, and people with pen protectors and short sleeve collared tees all the same. And I collected my hall in a hurry and determined to not spend more than 10 minutes there. And in doing so, in, in not taking the extra moments to debate over the different flavors of bubbly water, I jumped in line behind a couple who was sharing a very PDA forward kiss in the middle of the store. A past version of myself would have cursed them under my breath. I, I might have started to shiver out of discomfort and, and even shot goosebumps all over my back. But the version of me right now understands that it takes a certain level of personal security to slip your tongue into another mouth in public, a level of security that I don't yet have, but hope to someday. I stood behind them sitting on that thought for a bit until I realized that I knew the guy. I, I knew him no more than someone knows a mailman. We went to the same college and had sat in the same lectures, even shared eye contact and drunk conversation. I said a silent prayer that he wouldn't swing around to see me holding my candy and flamboyant beverage because there was only one way the conversation would go down if he did. He turned to me with his arm around his girlfriend. He'd lift off his other hand, which would be holding a pack of expensive beer. He'd squint and point saying, oh, fuck, dude. Then I would act surprised as if I hadn't noticed it was him all along. And I would reply, oh, fuck, dude, what's up, man? Then he'd take his arm off his girl and reach out for a dap, and I would overthink it, and I would give him a plain handshake, not willing to add the 90-degree turn to our pleasantry. And in that tiny instant where he'd rotate his hand to finish the dap against mine, all stone-cold and old-fashioned, there would be an instant in that sequence in the middle of the store with sweat now pouring from our palms that we'd bear the weight of otherworldly anxieties on our wrists. It wouldn't be something that we could laugh off, but it would be something that we'd lose sleep over, a precedent for how each and every interaction that we might ever have will go. I'd have to boycott this plaid pantry to assure that I would never put myself through this type of pain again. And so with that in mind, I prayed. I prayed that he continue to lick his girlfriend's lips, that he wouldn't turn around to see me standing there. But he did. Of course he did. Oh, Dude, what's up? Oh, shit. What's up, man? I didn't see you there. He's a nice guy, but our conversations on record have always come when we'd shuffle back to one of the bars on campus to soak up gallons of natural light with greasy french fries and chicken fingers. Back then, we'd hug and we'd always say that we need to hang out. We'd address one another as, oh my god, this fucker. Because I don't think we actually knew each other's names. This was just a sober moment in our history. Not much, man. He started. Friday. So, you know, I, I hear you. Um, do I, are, so wait, hold on. I'm, I'm assuming you live, I've never, I've not seen you around. I'm assuming you live in the area. Yeah. Like literally just up the road. He said, pointing past packs of sunflower seeds. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm up there as well. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, man. I like it. It's like, a, it's a cool part of town. I'm still getting used to it, but cool part of town. Yeah. It's different. Well, hey, fucking, let's fucking hang sometime. Sounds good with me, I said. How we hadn't shaken hands, I'm, I'm still not sure. I initiated a knuckle bump to not leave things to chance. There's absolutely no way we're going to hang out, but I will certainly be liking whatever photo he or his partner throws up next, and that will be that.
Sitting at the coffee S-H-O-P-P-E bar means that when my drink is ready, I get it passed right to me versus having to get up and fetch it like the common folk who assume the tables and booths do. I've learned that the bar actually isn't nearly as bad after I, I harness the courage to ask them if they would just please turn on the music a little bit. Now it's a sort of white noise when I'm wearing my noise-canceling headphones. The other day, uh, in, a, in a lull between orders, I asked the manager how many drinks he'll make per shift. He dabbed his fingers at a washcloth that was wedged in between a couple of drawers and said, I have no idea. While I waited for him to use a term like ballpark or say something like, if I had to guess, he started pulling levers on the loud metal machine, releasing all sorts of steam and air pressures from it. Of course, he didn't say anything else. It was a stupid question. Something like, how many stairs can you ollie to a skateboarder? Or how many tattoos do you have to a Travis Barker? He was just a bit too cool for me at this moment. And maybe overall, too, I've been trying to think of someone I know who wears, let alone owns, as much corduroy as him. But no one comes to mind. Eight times I've gone to the coffee, S-H-O-P-P-E, and eight times I've gone to place the exact same order to the manager with the mule tail of a goatee, and eight times he has had to ask me what I want. Why can't he let me be a regular? I think I've earned it in quick consistency. Was there some sort of initiation I missed? I mean, this wasn't a fraternity. I didn't think fraternities don't decorate their interior with spruce plants, and they certainly don't serve rosewater lattes. He should know my order by now. After I walk in and, and simultaneously nod and say hello, he is to say hi. And it's right after that where I'll hold my breath and wait for him to squint one eye, point at me and say, a nice Americano, right? He should tilt his head out of common courtesy. He should play up the uncertainty because surely he knows. And that's a bare minimum. That's if he's shy. That's if he's an introvert. But from the way he calls out the other orders, especially those sarsaparilla lattes, I don't think he is. I sought a normal protocol today. I walked in, I said hello, and after he said hi, I let a smile collect on my face, waiting for him to assume something about me. But those couple of smiled seconds, they went away, so I took the initiative. I'll do my usual. And instead of loudly tapping the touchscreen in front of him, then telling me that I owe him $3.50, he had the audacity to ask me, what is that? In my fantasy world, I have the sort of confidence that one needs to not roll over to a question like that, to be bold enough to come back and tell them, <laughs> come on, it's me, to be able to be so certain that there's no way he hadn't concerned himself about me, that me not showing up to make noise on my keyboard and daydream in his store for six hours on end could possibly ruin his day, to be that bold. Instead, I tucked my tail between my legs, I widened my eyes and answered, a nice Americano, please. Cool, 350. I tipped a dollar. <laughs>